Welcome to the Coffee with Kathy podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can also check out all of our books, merch, and future podcasts at coffeewithkathy.com. Now grab yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to be encouraged. Here's your host, Pastor Kathy Heitschew. as well amen just kidding it's empty but hey we have merch so i thought i'd show y'all my cup i'm so excited uh we we shipped out all of our uh, books that were ordered last week and so we're ready to ship out some more this week so uh barb peterson is our winner of last week's drawing amen thank you barb for participating uh, and anybody who hashtag donates today on the broadcast or all day long will be entered into a drawing to win my book bundle in Jesus' name. We'll, we'll package it and ship it to you. We're talking about self-control today, so um, don't hang up. I'm going to watch and see if you do, but self-control is so important. We talked about it a little bit last week, and I could tell by how quiet all of you were that I needed to preach more about self-control. Some of you are like, yeah, you're just the person I need to listen to about self-control. But hey, Sparky, good morning. You like your strong. Me too, brother. All the creamer and a little coffee. That's strong. Amen. Uh, I don't even want to talk to people who drink decaf. So if you drink decaf, you do not belong on coffee with Kathy. I'm just kidding. I love all y'all. But good morning. Share the broadcast. We're going to talk about self-control and uh, we talked about it just a little bit, uh, you know, how to not give in to our flesh. Kathy, help me not always give in to my feelings. Help me, help me, Kathy, not always give in to my flesh, okay? And I think we agree we all need self-control. It's important. It is a fruit of the Spirit, and we all need it. Um, and, and very many of us have way too little self-control so by the end of the broadcast amen you're gonna have so much self-control you're gonna know so much more about self-control and um, your family's gonna love you even more than they already do amen so uh let's get started um i want you to understand the difference between self-control and willpower okay willpower is not self-control an unbeliever can exercise willpower right? An unbeliever can go on a diet and lose weight. You know, they can join the YMCA. They can exercise. An unbeliever can go on keto. It's, they have just sheer willpower. So unbelievers can have willpower. It has nothing to do with the God enabling self-control in your life. That's willpower. So I'm going to talk to you about the difference and um, not necessarily being highly disciplined people and having willpower, okay? The biblical view of self-control, good morning. Oh, my sister's on the line. What's up, Carrie? Uh, the biblical view of self-control goes way beyond just willpower. It goes beyond what we can do on our own. It's something that's supernatural. So where willpower is putting all of your attention and trying to succeed, trying to be the very best at whatever it is you're doing, that's willpower. Self-control is stopping yourself from doing something, stopping yourself from behaving a certain way, stopping yourself, okay? So love you too, my girl. I'm, I'm mailing your package out today, Carrie, Carrie Ann. But it's, it's not for you, it's for your grandbaby. Uh, Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So here we go. It's a sign that Christ is in us. We need the Holy Spirit in order to deal with our passions and our drives and the desires of our flesh. 
Amen? So if you're taking notes, and you should be, if our desires lead our decisions, we are going to quickly spiral out of control. So we have to control our desires. And then we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. That's excess. That's lack of control. That's self-indulgence. And it's not even don't be drunk with wine. It could be don't go on an eating binge. <laughs> don't go into debt on a shopping spree, right? Good morning, Wendy. I'm glad you're on the line. Don't do anything that is excessively giving in to the lust, giving in to the passions, giving in to the desires and drives of your flesh. Ephesians 5, this is what we're talking about. He says, but instead, verse 18 and 19, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit control you is what that means. It's a discipline that God grows in us. So self-control is a fruit. It's a discipline in our life, and God grows that discipline. Ain't that awesome? So instead of excessive, uncontrolled living, it says be under the control of the Holy Spirit in every area of your life. Now, some people got self-control in, in quite a few areas, but this is every area of your life. He's, he gives us the power to say no to our flesh. I have to frequently tell my flesh what to do. I have to frequently tell my flesh, no, Kathy, no, Kathy. It's not happening. Because there's a fight for control going on inside you, inside all of us. There's a fight for control, right? Our willpower fails us repeatedly. Some of you say, yeah, I know. Self-control is not willpower. It's not something we get by gritting our teeth and forcing ourselves to just say no. Just say no. No, it's a fruit of the Spirit. And just so you know, fruit doesn't just instantly pop out of the tree, right? As the tree grows, as seasons pass, the fruit naturally develops. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to learn how to naturally develop self-control today. So high five, hand in the air, emoji. If you're with me, if you're really tuning in with me, let me know you're here. Give me a high five. We got this, right? So we're going to, uh, I'm going to uh, go in verse 16 of Galatians 5. We're going to flip over there. I'm going to um, show you uh, how to help control yourself. Amen. These are verses I think are going to give us hope and they're going to help us in this area of self-control. Galatians 5, we'll start verse 16. The apostle Paul says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Come on. If you find that you're operating in the flesh, that means you're not walking by the spirit. You can only be one or the other. You can only walk by the flesh or walk by the spirit. You, you can't be under the control of the spirit and be a slave to your flesh. It, it can't happen. So he says, instead of just telling them, don't gratify the desires of your flesh, he says, instead, walk in the spirit, right? Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you'll either be walking by the spirit or gratifying the desires of your flesh. Look at verse 19. Yes and amen. Hey, Art and Yvette. I'm sure it's Yvette, but I'm going with Art and Yvette. Sarts at work. Glad you're on the line. Now look at verse 19. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Okay, if you're giving in to your flesh, here are the kinds of things that are going to come out in a greater um, degree. 
If you're giving in to your flesh, he says, sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. There's a whole list here. Dissensions, divisions, envy, murder, drunkenness, and things like these. So if you think, well, my besetting sin is not on this list, that's why he included and things like these. He couldn't list everything, right? That includes my sin, and things like these include my sin. He says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These things will not be a way of life. Amen? They will not be characterized by these things. You won't embrace these things. You won't enjoy them. When you're a child of God, you'll be free from the power of your flesh. Then he goes on to say, verse 22, instead of the works of the flesh, the fruit of the spirit, amen, you have this memorized, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what's number nine? Self-control. I hope you type it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Number nine, self-control. Type self-control. The last of the nine virtues and graces compared with what we just read in the other list, fits of anger was in the list, sexual sin, partying, drunkenness. Those are things that are opposite of self-control. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When you crucify your flesh, those passions and desires to please the flesh are crucified. Amen? They die. We die to flesh. That's what that means. You're no longer under the control of your flesh. Amen. You're a child of God. Say, I'm a child of God. You have the power through God's spirit to say no. You don't have to be a slave to spending. You don't have to be a slave to eating. You don't have to be a slave to hobbies that take more time than they should. You can say no. No is a complete sentence. Type it right now. No. And then you can put a period, an exclamation mark. No is a complete sentence, right? Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Ain't that good? If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. So when it comes to self-control, we're going to ask ourselves some questions. I've written down a few questions. You won't get to write them as fast as I'm going to talk, but go back and watch this again with your pen and paper and write these questions down. There's nine. Yes, there's nine of them. Ask yourself, do you have any recurring any besetting sinful habits? Do you have any areas of bondage in your life? Do you have any areas where you're not free? Okay, that's number one. I want you to do the homework this week and answer that question. Okay, number two, because listen, every time Satan yanks your cord, do you come running? Right? Every time he pushes your buttons, do you run? Every time he rings the bell, are you there? Every time he says fraud, do you jump? Amen. That's right. Type no. Number two, are you enslaved? Are you addicted to anything that's not holy, that's not healthy, that's not wholesome? Honestly, answer these questions in private. Go in a closet somewhere and answer them in private. Are you enslaved to anything, in bondage to anything? Okay, we're talking about self-control. Number three, do you exercise self-control with your tongue? Y'all thought I was just talking about eating. <laughs> Y'all thought I was just talking about weight loss. Amen. Putting the fork down. Wait a minute. Do you exercise self-control with your tongue, with your words, in your moods? 
in your emotions. Amen? Do you exercise self-control? Do people often say you have an attitude or you're in a mood? That's not exercising self-control. We're going to learn about it. Number four, are you self-controlled in your body? Now we're getting to the one everybody thought of. Uh, are you self-controlled in what you eat, what you drink, how you treat your body? Amen. Do you have self-control? Number five, are you self-controlled with your time, with your entertainment, with your hobbies, with your habits? You know, are you a workaholic? Do you, do you work all the time? Do you golf or hunt all the time? Do you have this um, self-control with the way you spend your time? Do you just watch mindless entertainment? Do you just play video games all the time? Stay up late, can't get up, can't go to church, can't go to work, can't go to school, right? Do you have self-control with your entertainment and your time? Number six, are you self-controlled with your spending? Amen. Social media makes it really hard. I can't tell you how many times that Instagram has got me with an ad. And I bought that thing and ain't even going to use it. Amen. But, but they, they got me. Amen. They got me. Right? Number seven. How about sexually? A lot of people don't think about this one, but I'm going to throw it in there. Are you self-controlled? Do you possess your body with honor and purity like Paul told the Thessalonians? Do you? Amen. Especially all you single people in the house. That's, that's your body. Amen? That's not somebody else's property. You wait until you get married. Fornication. Sex before you're married is a sin. It's on the list of sins that, that stop you from going to heaven. It's on the list of sins that, that God uh, detests, don't like, don't want no part of. So get married. If you need to get married, call me. I'll marry you. I'm ordained. Amen? I'm Mary and Barry. Ah, number eight. Are we doing good? Yes and amen. Number eight, the computer. What about the computer, the internet? What about your cell phone? Oh my goodness. Do you have self-control when it comes to these things? Are you in bondage to some of these things? Is it under, are you under their control? Perhaps there's an emotional entanglement in your workplace. Maybe there's an emotional uh, bondage you have created electronically. Maybe you're instant messaging somebody or emailing or texting with somebody. It's one of the most dangerous things you can do is try to get in a relationship like that. Those aren't real. Those aren't holy. They're not healthy. They lead to sexual sin of all kind, right? Are you in bondage? Number nine, last one. Are you in bondage to something, someone you've been communicating with? And here's the problem. When number eight leads to number nine, you know it's wrong. You're sharing things you shouldn't be sharing. You're sending emails or, or messages or DMs or whatever it's called. You're sending those things you shouldn't be sending. And you're responding to things you shouldn't be responding to. And most of you are married. So you know you shouldn't be doing these things, right? If you need to get rid of some then get rid of it. If you need to turn your internet service off, do it. If you need to crack your phone like it's a, uh, uh, what's the phone called in the, in the uh, CSI? You know, in the burner. Hey, man, you need a media team like that. I got, listen, I knew she would know. <laughs> uh, you need to get a burner phone, get a burner phone. You need to break that thing, whatever you need to do, make people stop uh, contacting you, do it. I want to challenge you, all right? There's not an area in your life that's worth losing self-control in. So I'm helping you. 
I'm just bouncing all around when I see myself on the TV screen. Oh, well, a lot of pause break there. Make sure y'all are posting. Make sure y'all are uh, liking and tagging. I lost like five viewers already because I'm talking about self-control. But that's okay. But listen, it will destroy you. So I want to help you. It'll devastate you. Can I tell you, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Every area that you lack self-control, we need to pray. And I'm preaching to me too. I always preach the message to me and then, you know, write it for me and preach it for me and then you. But we got to say, Lord, I'm indulging my flesh in this area. We just call it like it is. Father, in the name of Jesus, listen to me pray. I'm indulging my flesh in this area, blank. Whatever that is, you write that down at your house where you're indulging in this area. I'm be honest. Father, I'm being honest to you right now. It's an area of my life. It's not under control. It's an area of my life that's controlling me, Father. See, we're praying. And then name it. Whatever it is, name it. Write it out. Write it in your journal. You have a Coffee with Kathy journal by now. Write it in your journal. Lord, by your power, by your promises, by your grace, I surrender control of this area of my life and every area of my life for that matter, Father. I, I surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit. He's a good Father. He'll take it. He's so good. Amen. Yeah, Carrie, I know you got many burner phones. Listen, my sister's actually, my sister is the only person I know of that still has a flip phone and uses it. Like, it's her real legit phone. It's a flip phone, and she still, like, texts with it. You know how you have to hit ABC three times to get an A or a C? Like, she... Calls after nine. Yeah, oh, calls after nine only. She really does. Carrie ain't even lying when she says that, so it is what it is. I meant to bring in a can of WD-40, and I left it upstairs, but I want you to find the WD-40 in your house because I know all of you have a can of WD-40. I want you to get it and put it where you will see it all the time. Put it by your, by your mirror. Put it by your bedside. Put it in the uh, living room beside your couch. And listen to this. WD, did you know that stands for water displacement? I learned a few things in college. Even though my husband tries to act like graduating fourth ain't that big of a deal, but I do have smarts. Even though I'm countrified, I do have smarts. So, listen, um, WD stands for water displacement. This is a formula that was developed to prevent corrosion and rust. You know this. You use it for all kinds of things. But it was developed to uh, prevent corrosion and rust, and you can do that by displacing water. So I can't explain it to you because we don't have time, but not because I don't know, because I did really good in science. But the number 40, this is what most people don't know. The number 40 on a WD-40 can stands for how many tries it took the chemist to get the formula right. <laughs> I taught y'all something today. He tried 39 times and failed, right? 39, what if he would have quit? We wouldn't have WD-40 today. And most of the men out there are like, oh, I don't know, we need that, man. That's important. He tried 39, and then on attempt number 40, he succeeded. This is great. So the message on the WD-40 can is this. Don't give up. Don't quit. Some of you are one prayer away from your breakthrough, from your answer. Some of you are just one verse away in the Bible from the breakthrough, from your answer to your prayer, right? So don't quit. Don't quit if some obstacle comes your way. Don't quit. You're just one, one verse away. And as a child of God, we're called to have perseverance, 
to have steadfastness. We're called to, to have staying power and be committed. Amen. We're called to be committed. The word perseverance and steadfastness in the original Greek is actually a compound of two words. See, I'm, a, I'm going from science to English, and some of y'all ain't saying thank you. I'm going to teach y'all about compound words today. I taught you science and chemistry, and now I'm going to teach you about compound words. The first is the word under, and the second is abide or stay. Under and abide or stay. It means to stay under. To abide under something. It has to do with patience, with endurance, perseverance, steadfastness. To stay under. To abide under something. Particularly in relation to things or circumstances. There's another word that talks about trying people and difficult people and, and all of that. But I'm not going there today. I need both of those. But, but in this particular situation, it's talking about persevering enduring when you find yourself under difficult circumstances when you find yourself in situations that are so hard and some of you have reached out and told me 2020 you found yourself in some real predicaments amen it has to do with staying power you know in the time of trial or testing the person who has steadfastness or perseverance doesn't cave under tough situations can that be said about you? You know, that you don't cave. No matter what, you don't cave. Right? You endure patiently. And it's not a passive word, okay? It's not like I'm just going to grit my teeth and bear it. I'm just going to grin and bear it. I'm just going to do this. I'll just get through it somehow. No. It's actually an active word. Look it up. It has to do with overcoming difficulties. Not just surviving them. Because this is what most people say, well, I survived 2020. Well, I survived that divorce. Well, I survived that uh, bankruptcy or, or loss of a loved one. Not just surviving, but actually overcoming them. Amen. How would you like to put that in your repertoire, in your resume? I'm not just a survivor. I'm an overcomer. Amen. I'm an overcomer by responding to them with faith and joy. That's how we overcome faith and joy. That, my friend, is steadfastness. That, my friend, is perseverance. Some of the opposite words for perseverance is just as interesting. It's indignation, words like anger, words like wrath, words like frustration. The opposite of patience and endurance and steadfastness and perseverance, the opposite is anger, frustration, right? And you say, well, I wouldn't have thought that anger or wrath was the opposite of that. But yes, think about it. If you respond to the circumstances that come into your life with faith and joy, you're not going to be ripped off. Right? You're not going to be uh, complaining and grumbling and groaning and resenting and full of resentment and bitterness. You're not going to be blowing off steam and talking about how hard it is. You're not going to be angry at your circumstance. You're not going to be frustrated with your children and your family. Right? You're going to be embracing them, holding them, holding firm. It's an active word. You're actively doing something. Now, I know that indignation and anger and irritation, all those are natural ways. That's the natural response. That's the natural thing we like to do. Hey, James, I'm glad, uh, Jim, you and Mary are watching. I appreciate it. Amen. I love y'all. It's an active word, and these uh, uh, it's, it's natural 
Okay, somebody cuts you off on the freeway. It's not natural, y'all, to pray for them. It's not natural for you to, oh, bless their heart. It's not natural. Somebody doesn't show up on time for an appointment with you. It's not natural to, oh, I just sit here and wait patiently. It's okay. It's not natural if your husband forgets your anniversary or your birthday or Valentine's Day, which, by the way, is Sunday. So all the men in the house, Sunday is Valentine's Day. So, amen. We'll clip that out of the... I'll clip, you guys can clip that when you put it on so people don't think that every Sunday is Valentine's Day. But your husband forgets some important anniversary or date, right? Someone doesn't do something they said they were going to do. Hmm. Calm down. The natural response is anger and frustration. The natural thing your flesh wants to do is be mad and bitter and, and, and fight, Right? Your spouse signs you up for something and didn't check with you. <laughs> Just kidding, babe. I'm, I forgive you for that, but don't let it happen again. I mean, life is full of opportunities to get angry. I get it. Everybody's life. You don't have to tell me your sad story because mine's full of it too, right? Everybody's busy. Everybody's life is full of things that can cause you to get frustrated and irritated and angry. And it's the little things and it's the big things. But let me tell you, the Bible is very, very clear about how God wants us to respond to difficulty, irritation, things that are frustrating. Turn to book of James, chapter 1. I'm going to tell you, verse 2 through 4, the Bible's real clear on how we should respond. He says, count it all joy. Amen. We could just log off right now. Count it all all means all. In all the languages, in all the translations, in all the looking it all up, it means all. Count it all joy, brother and sister, you and me. Count it joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces, here's that word, steadfastness, to hold up under. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. Wouldn't that be great? Lacking in nothing. You want to be spiritually mature? You have to have staying power. You have to have steadfastness. You want to have steadfastness? You have to respond to everything with faith and joy. It's just that simple. You should type faith and joy. Just so your hands can feel you type it and your eyes can read it and say it out loud. Faith and joy. You only come out of steadfastness if you count it all joy. You only come out steadfast if you count it all joy. Same thing in Romans 5. It said, we rejoice in our sufferings. Think about that. We rejoice. The Apostle Paul knew a lot about suffering. Amen. And, I, and I'm talking about suffering for the gospel. Suffering because you're a Christian. I'm not talking about you got a bad cold or, or you got a sickness or a disease or anything like that because that don't come from God. Amen. But Paul knew a lot about suffering. He said, we rejoice in our suffering. You're like, how in the world, Kathy? How? Why? Because I know suffering produces endurance. It's the same word, to hold up under. And endurance, steadfastness, produces godly character. Isn't that great? And guess what? Character produces hope. This is in James 1. Read the book of James 1. And it 
might be just general trials. It might be discipline for sin in your life. It might be some undeserved affliction your neighbor put on you. But 1 Peter 2.20 says, if you suffer for doing good, okay, doing good. There's a lot of, lot of kinds of affliction, different kinds of suffering for the sake of the gospel. But all of them, the Bible says, we face them with joy. We rejoice. We have faith and joy, amen. Joy is an inside job, right? We run this race with endurance because we keep our eyes on Jesus who endured. As we look to him, we're able to endure and not grow weary. Some of you have already grown weary. Some of you have already faint-hearted, right? Some of you have already tried to give up. It's only barely 2021 and people have already tried to give up and quit. No, we're not going to do it. We're going to endure. There's a reward for being steadfast and patient, having commitment, staying power. There's a reward for loyalty and faithfulness. I'm going to get my reward, amen? And what's the reward? James 1, skip down to verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. That's a reward, y'all. There's a crown waiting. So stay up under it. Stay up under it. Say that. Stay up under it. Say, I'm going to stay up under it. Type, I'm going to stay up under it. we got to be committed. And WD-40, however many times you need to be committed and stay up under it, do it. And some of you are like, well, I just wish I, it was only 40 times with my spouse or 400 or 4,000. But first of all, your spouse probably had to endure some things with you too. Your boss has probably had to endure some things with you too. I mean, not my husband. Amen, Jesus' name. Not my husband, but I'm talking about other people's husbands. <laughs> I love all y'all. But regardless, I'm almost done. God is faithful. He's a faithful God. He endures so we can endure, right? He's patient. He's long-suffering so we can be as well. He calls us to be steadfast and persevere. And maybe it's an unanswered prayer. Maybe it's just some unexplained life stuff. Maybe it's some things going on that, that God has opened a door or closed a door or opened a window or closed a window or whatever it is he opened and closed in your life and you just don't understand it. Persevere when you're waiting on God. Persevere when you're waiting Waiting for God to change the heart of that wayward child of yours that's run away from home or found himself in prison or, or out on the streets. Persevere. Maybe you're single. Maybe you want to be married. You want to have children. You feel like you want to, you've given your life to do that and God hasn't provided it yet. Persevere. Endure. Stay committed. Maybe you're married. Maybe it's a man who's not a believer. Right? Maybe he's not quite sanctified yet. Imagine that. Just kidding. Not all men are. Amen. But God's called you to persevere. Doesn't matter. Stay in joy. Endure. Persevere. You can do it. You've got this. Maybe you're caring for elderly parents through a tough time in their life. Right? Hold up under it. Count it all joy. Endure. Persevere. Maybe you're homeschooling four or five little ones. Maybe you're just homeschooling one and it feels like four or five little ones. I know. I've homeschooled six kids. Amen. It's not just one day you have to endure. You have to endure day after day after day. 
You've got years of it. If you got a toddler, ha, ah, sweet Jesus, you got years left. Just kidding. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hold up under it. Endure. Persevere. That's why God gives you his promise and his power so you can be steadfast. Maybe you're persevering through failure. Maybe there was an obstacle in your life. Maybe you're fighting to overcome some sin. Maybe you have a sinful habit in your life and you're fighting to get rid of it and fighting to quit it and just can't seem to stop it. There's a reward, can I tell you? There's a crown. Persevere, endure it, get up under it. Amen. That's good stuff. I tell it myself. Be steadfast under trial when I'm trying to tell you there's a crown promised you. And ask yourself these questions. How does your faith hold up under pressure, under fire, under difficult circumstances? Do you have great faith? Have you stirred up your faith and built up your faith? Number two, do you keep trusting and loving and obeying God? Even when his choices for your life are not what you would have chosen, your flesh wouldn't have chosen to do that, but God has done it. And you say, I sure wouldn't have written my life this way, Lord, just so you know. This is not what I would have written myself doing and written myself being. But God knows how to write the script of your life. God knows what he's doing. We just need to be obedient, persevere, and endure. He's a gentleman. He's loving. He's good. The question is, are you enduring? Are you unwavering in your faith? Amen? I'm unwavering in my faith. When hard times come, do you throw in the towel? Some of you have already thrown in the towel. Some of you this morning threw in the towel. Go get that towel back right now. Amen? Go get it back. We're not going to throw in the towel. We're not going to give up. Some of you gave up just one day too early. One month too early. Don't. Right? You say, well, it's been years, but in light of eternity, years is nothing. It really isn't. Fix your eyes on eternity. Can I encourage you today? Fix your eyes on eternity. That's all that really matters. Say, Lord, there's a crown for me. It's for those who are steadfast in love and show their love for you, for you by being persistent. And, and I want you to help me get through this. Pray. Talk to your father. Think about the afflictions, whether they're little or big, whatever it is you're facing. Do you count it all joy? Do you rejoice in all things? James 1.12 says, Blessed is the person who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, and God knows how long this course needs to be for you to pass this test, <laughs> when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. We're going to develop these qualities. Five ways to improve self-control and good habits. Number one, remove the temptation. Okay, don't just resist it. Remove the temptation. Yes, you have to resist things. But if there's a possibility you can just remove the temptation, do it. Nobody's going to go on a, on a keto diet and leave their house completely full of bread and all things sugar and all things spice and everything nice and donuts or eat donuts in front of people who are trying. Oh, sorry, that was for another conversation. Um, listen, you're not going to do it, so remove the temptation. Number two, um, measure your progress, right? Write in your journal today. Next year or next week, visit it. And you'll say, you know what? I've made progress. I've made progress. Measure your progress in your life. Number three, learn to manage your stress. I just did a podcast on how to handle it better. You can handle it better. Go listen to that, right? 
Learn to manage stress. Number four, prioritize things. Do some kingdom work and focus on kingdom work. There's so many things this week even that I had to say, you know what, I can't do that. I need to be doing kingdom work. I'm sorry, but I can't participate in that. I can't do that. I can't, I, I can't make time to do those things. I need to be doing kingdom work. I, I have to put my phone down regularly and focus on kingdom work. And the last one, forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. Amen. There's all kind of trouble that happens when we harbor unforgiveness. And some of us need to forgive ourselves first and then start forgiving that list of people that we haven't forgiven yet, right? And as we continue to follow his guidance one step at a time, our self-control will naturally grow. It will be a fruit that just naturally grows. Amen. My job is to stay connected to God. Holy Spirit's job is to produce the fruit. I stay connected to the vine. He produces the fruit. That's my job. And self-control will be a natural and natural result. And isn't that what we all need to eventually get to a place where self-control, hey, Carol, self-control just takes over and becomes the natural thing. So don't forget, hashtag donate. Thank you for sowing into our ministry. We're feeding hungry children every single day. Amen. We're seeing souls saved and lives changed. Thanks for partnering with us for all the great things we're doing here in Rockford and all over the world, as you can see with the millions of people watching today. It's all over the world. We all over the world. But hashtag donate, and um, I'm going to pick one of you, and I'll bless you with my bundle, my Coffee with Kathy devotional journal, and um, notebook and pen, because, you know, everybody needs that Coffee with Kathy. Amen. If you ever do want to take me to coffee, I mean, if you're local, <laughs> I don't, you know, often say no to a cup of coffee, but if you ever want to have coffee with me for real, and we got some really cute little coffee cups, everything we sell, amen, everything we give away, it's everything we sell, it's just to bless more people, amen, God gets it to me because he knows he can get it through me, amen, I'm working on my next book, which is going to be really, really cool, so I can't wait to share that with you, but not now because I'll be in trouble. You know, not that anybody would steal my ideas or anything like that, but you never know in this world today. Hmm, whatever. But I love y'all in Jesus' name. Go make it a coffee-drinking kind of day.